Welcome back to episode 14 of PCP, a.k.a. the Politically Correct Podcast. I am your host, Johnny Peterson, joined always by co-host Ricky. Look at me, I only have nine toes, Phillips. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, welcome. We appreciate it. Feel free to go back and listen to any and all of our previous episodes. However, it's not necessary in order to enjoy this one, as all of our episodes are unique and different, especially this one. This is our first podcast interview uh, we will be sitting down with Nick Cheslikowski, a.k.a. Ches, today. A uh, good buddy of ours. He was a recurring guest on my previous Hoops podcast, In the Bonus. But we're not going to be talking Hoops today. We are going to be talking to Ches about his upcoming film titled This is the University Pub. It's about the history of pub located uh, right off of the campus of Texas Christian University, the last standing bar business on that block. And the film is not about not only how long it's lasted there, but what makes it so special, the traditions, memorabilia, memories, etc. Really excited to get into this film, talk about his inspiration behind it, why he's been working so hard for it, and a little bit more about Chez's filmmaking career. So please welcome Nick Cheslikowski. What is going on, guys? Like I said, it is a very, very special episode today. We have our first podcast interview with none other than Nick Chez Cheslikowski. Nick, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Like I mentioned in the intro, Chez does have some podcasting experience. He was a recurring guest several times on In the Bonus. If you guys want to check out some NBA, go back and listen to it. RIP. <laughs> 20 episodes. Yeah, right? tw- we made it 20 episodes. Though, so that was dope. Um, but Chez has been working on a film for a long time titled, Chez, what's the title? Uh, it's called This Is the University Pub. Okay, so, and then that's coming out May 2nd. Mm-hmm. All right, that's coming out May 2nd. It's going to be premiering actually at Pub. It is right next to Texas Christian University, uh, right on University Avenue. Uh, so feel free to go out, go support. I feel like a lot of our listeners know where it is. Yeah, but. they'll. Yeah, you guys will know where it is already. <laughs> anyway, Chez, uh, talk a little bit about the doc. What gave you the inspiration for the documentary, and why did you specifically choose Pub? Well, so I'm in a class called Documentary right now with my favorite professor, Greg Manser. He's actually retiring this semester, mm-hmm. and so uh, you know, I've worked on a lot of things with him. You know, over <sighs> over the years, kind of built up a, a camera roll, but I've never really. You know, I, I've directed one thing in my life, and it was a complete disaster. Really? I, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a really big um, learning experience. I think that you kind of need to fail a lot in film, especially in the beginning. Right. And that's why I felt like, you know, when I, I took a class called Sports Documentary last semester, actually, and we finished up uh, our project, which was Beyond the Diamond, which premiered uh, at TCU as well. And I, I felt like I learned a lot about what goes into kind of being you know the mind behind everything you know you have right. to be the one who schedules everything you've got to you know get into the nitty-gritty details because you forget something it can derail everything absolutely on that uh on that documentary that already premiered what was your role on that was that just camera i ran camera but ran i helped camera. a lot i helped a lot of, um out with the editing and kind of the story structure a little bit with it too. okay and so that was your first experience sort of in that kind environment. of full full full-fledged full-featured awesome you know, well, I think what a lot of people just don't understand is like when you're doing a production like that is like it's not just picking up a camera and just like rolling, rolling the camera. It's like just a ton of stuff. Yeah, and you're so many that multi- you don't even think doing about. scenes over and over yeah. and over again, different angles. And that's a whole story layout. What uh, what about pub 
was it that was you were like, okay, I want to take that leap into the full time taking over everything filmmaker position? You know, I, I think something that is very interesting, you said this in the intro about how, you know, pub is the last standing bar on that little strip right there. I mean, right. we, we all know, um, for those who don't know, there's like a little strip on university. It's got about six to seven businesses on it. And those business, the turnover rate there is just incredible. Yeah, yeah it's you, unreal. It's ridiculous. Uh, up until actually a couple months ago, Record Town that, that left pretty recently. Right. They were there till 1954. They, they yeah, they were there anomaly. for a long time. But, you know, that used to all be bars. Pretty much every place uh, like on that strip has right. changed, you know, what brand it is. Right. Maybe outside of the Flash store, probably four or five times in the last 20 years. Nothing can stay there. There's no consistency because they don't know how to deal with, you know, students not being on campus. Their business just really struggles, you know, in that certain case. I just think it's amazing how Pub, you know, since 1981 is still there to this day. And it's had multiple owners. It's not, it's been a bumpy ride for them. You know, business hasn't always been the best, but the fact that they just keep going. And it seems like every time I go in there, every every couple of years, you, you notice a trend. It's, they improve something they change it they tweak it they don't right they don't go too far from what they're good at but you know i remember when i got to campus there was the giant stone wall yeah the, i was about to say yeah. the, the giant stone wall i was like what the hell is this place <laughs> you could when i first when yeah. i first came here i was like i was like what the hell is that place like you just like open it up and it's like oh shit it's a bar yeah and i, I spend a little bit on the on the history portion uh because it's it's broken down into three acts the history portion we talk a lot about how big of a difference that made just the yeah. windows being able it's, to see inside yeah it's more approachable and mm-hmm. like yeah so but i mean also all, all those surrounding businesses they're starting like dutch's like added a bar like to their place and yeah, things are I, starting to steady out yeah bit, i think but. i think things are s- sort of steadying out but i think that also like it's it sort of brings those people that are like looking for that sort of environment like they're like oh Dutch's has a bar and then maybe it'll possibly encourage them to like go and try pub yeah because it's like right next to it so i think that yeah and definitely the the front of of the bar was like when did that huge change? improvement that happened as soon as so the ownership it was uh if we, we know dave mitchell he was yeah. the owner for 17 years okay uh and then he's actually sold it to his son-in-law and his daughter who now own the place, Bobby and Kelsey, and they they bought it in March of 2017, and they immediately began construction pretty much right away. So this is this is under relatively next to very new ownership then. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, last um, two years. Well, that yeah, I mean, it makes sense because the the bar has changed a lot. Um, besides construction, what else did you see that goes into the doc about Dutch's change kind of over ownership, or did you guys really cover that? The thing with ownership is that uh, D- Dave mentioned uh, extensively about how after after a certain while there's only so much that he could do yeah and that he kind of feels like the, the the younger kind of approach to things the ownership i mean a lot of people who go in there you know the bartenders are right around our age yeah or you know if not a little bit older uh they're very relatable and i think he just thinks that that youthful kind of you know injection of energy has really helped out with business a lot and they're doing better than they have in a while oh yeah they like I think it was this year that pub really became extremely popular again, um, at least kind of in my circles. And uh, like when I had even come to TCU, I didn't really hear very much about it at all. Um, So how long have you been working on this project? This project has been going on for about 11 weeks now. Okay. Um, 
I gave my pitch somewhere around, I want to say around the Super Bowl. It was like February 7th or 8th, somewhere around there. That's when I presented my idea to the class. And so the way it worked was uh, everybody, all 13 of us, um, gave a pitch on a documentary we'd like to make. And the teacher picked the four that he liked the most. Uh, and then he just assigned us our roles and kind of went with it. That's awesome. I actually That's would awesome, like to yeah. take this moment to say I do actually have a crew member working with this. Uh, yeah, working shout with me yeah, on this. Little shout uh, out. Corinne Pennington. She's really helping me out. She's uh, she transferred in a couple of years ago from Colorado, and uh, yeah, she's kind of like been really helpful with you know scheduling kind of the nitty gritty things, the details. It's not always easy, especially when you're kind of. You know, when I came up with this idea, yeah. I knew that I was going to need a lot of help from a lot of different people, and especially with uh, Bobby, the owner, being so gracious and letting me, you know, come in and, and film. That you you can't always go in the film industry. You can't always just go into a business and start filming. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of little like you know agreements you got to sign. There's a lot of paperwork involved. Luckily, really, you know, luckily I've been able to pretty much avoid all that because that's fantastic. I have such a good relationship with the owners there. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, a major part of like being allowed to film in a business is having a relationship with the owner. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've, I've been coming in there pretty much ever since I turned 21, which is the, at the beginning of my junior year. So I, I've, I've pretty much been a regular at pub ever since, uh, that first, the, as soon as the school year started and yeah. Bobby's first, Bobby and Kelsey's first, uh, first months, pretty much owning the place. And, uh, you know, building that relationship over the years, that's kind of how I, I grew to love the place. But, you right. know, the little nuances about them. I mean, they have some really interesting memorabilia in there. A lot of little, little things that just kind of make it a very a niche environment. It's, it's, a tr- it's a true dive bar, you know, from the sense of the yeah, word. Yeah, like when you go back to where the pool tables are and it's like got all those old photos of just people over the years, it's like it's, it, timeless. it's insane. It's so it insane. It really is. It's literally just years and years and years uh just like documented on the walls yeah you walk in there and just you can see the history behind yeah. it right away i mean when you think of a pub like that that's like the feeling that i want to have is like is that that feeling that the pub gives yeah so i think that they i think that's really really cool but yeah so in your in your career so far in making films I know you you did one previously and you said it was a failure. Uh, as, a, as a director, yeah. as, as, a, as a director, oh, I was going to say the baseball. I was going to say the baseball one definitely wasn't a failure. Um, Not that. Uh, oh, no, as a director, yeah, uh, that that project went pretty rough. But I've I've been a part of a numerous amount of things that were you know my role was has kind of been varying. But that yeah. was the first one where I was the man in charge, pretty much. So like in like terms of creativity, when you feel like your inspiration is like sort of like waning, when do you like? what do you do to like stay fresh and like create you know new ideas what's interesting i think i think the main thing that comes to mind uh we live in an era where i mean when was there ever another time where you could just go on netflix go on hulu go on all these different streaming services and there's just libraries there is loads tens of of thousands of millions of hours of great content out there absolutely and I think that's that's been a great inspiration for me is just, just going out there and just, you know, watching things, watching new things, trying to see these documentaries, see projects. If you don't have a favorite documentary, you'll never make a good documentary. You right. know, you, if you don't have a favorite movie, you'll never make a good movie because you have to have some sort of, you know, there's so many different filmmakers over the years that even as the technology has has improved, you can still see that with the limitations they had at the times, 
how they were able to push the boundaries of film. And that's what everybody's trying to do right now is they're yeah, trying to push right. the boundary, do something unique. It's something that, you know, in this particular documentary, uh, this is the University Pub, I've been really trying to incorporate a lot more uh, Snapchat, social media footage, kind of things where they're not, you know, framed out right. accordingly. Yeah. You know, the, you, you see, uh, you guys watch American Man. Yeah, I was just mm -hmm. gonna say, yeah, you know, that, that was, awesome. was that your inspiration for that? Yeah, a little bit. You know, That's they awesome. Have, they have a lot of footage in there where it's, it's easy to relate to, you know, kids by using social media right. because it's it's so prevalent so right. you use you block off you know two little black bars on the side of the screen you put that vertical video in there yeah that little change of pace people are like oh I, you know that's i relate to that you know i took i it has this little filter underneath it too mm -hmm. right. little things like that you know to make film kind of just come to life a little bit yeah that i think that's such an important aspect is like because american vandal was really like the first that's the first time I've ever seen social media being used. And that's like how you target the next generation. You know, they grew up on stuff like that. So I think that is a concept is, is really cool that you incorporated that into it. It's um, very like immersive, like into like the times we live in. Yeah, I with, agree. With that kind of footage. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so obviously this is a student project. This is, um, and you have, you said you have only one other person working with you. So this is a lot to take on work-wise for the both of you. And then obviously that's expensive as well. Um, can you talk about uh, what kind of you have to compromise in a strategic vision when you're making a project on a budget like this? Well, I'll say one thing, the budget for this hasn't been, you know, groundbreaking. I've had to spend, right. you know, here or there, a little bit of money on some batteries when you know your lights right. go out and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, I rent all the equipment from the school and that's that's been a huge help. You know, we get we get some really top notch uh, yeah. stuff to use. Um, but, you know, working on a project where you don't have those kinds of freedoms to work with, it's all about just knowing your next move, knowing the plan. And, you know, when things change, you have to change accordingly because time really is money in the film industry. Yeah. And you could have a certain amount of time to rent a certain amount of equipment. You might need a special, you know, dolly for a certain shot you want to get or something. And, you know, you only have the actor's time for, you know, X, Y, Z, like, you know, these specific times. Right. So you have to plan everything out. And when something changes, you know, if it's not possible to get that shot anymore, you know, you're going to have to have a backup plan. You're gonna, it's always about quick thinking. Yeah, Cause, totally. Because if you don't know what your next move is, you will be wasting a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. The directors that work most efficiently are the ones who, you know, produce the best and have the crews that want to work for them, the Steven Soderbergh's, the people like that. Yeah, that's yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, you mentioned actors time and that's something that factors in. I, and then I didn't even think about because you now have to schedule time to interview with all these people and they may not have the free time. So how uh, I know you said your relationship with the owner is great. Was it really easy working with the people at pub? Oh, absolutely. Uh, to find time to sit down yeah. and, and get these shots. It works out perfectly. I have a I have a perfect little window in my schedule you know four days a week where 11 to 2 11 to 3 i can i can go in there and yeah. get a lot of footage and you know something they mentioned a lot in the film was just the amount of time that you know people aren't used to the hours they don't know what it's like to own a bar you you're there cleaning until about four i mean yeah a lot of these a lot of these guys wake up at you know 11 12 and then they go back and they open it up at two o'clock and get ready to open because they, they open at three o'clock every day yeah a lot of them wake up at 11 just because of how late the <clears> night was before and so you know scheduling that little time frame in there you know kind of the sweet spot worked right. out perfectly but you know if i was interviewing somebody who worked you know a nine to five 
it'd be a lot more difficult you know as i'd have to you know schedule around that basically right and it's been yeah. really helpful being able to yeah. film during you know what people would call bank hours basically yeah <laughs> bank hours yeah that well that's good that it worked out so well in terms of so you were getting footage 11 to 2. um what about i'm sure obviously you went back and got uh shots when it was like really popping on the weekends how how was that experience like were people like going crazy whenever you bring the camera around them or what was that yeah people get excited yeah because you know, the people who go in there uh typically are people who have been there before yeah you know i, I it's it, it's a it's a very like the community there is is a very real community oh, i've noticed yeah, Every, everyone there knows each other yeah um, it seems like people that go there are just like regulars you know yeah like it's not like i mean like sure there will be like a couple of people that like haven't been there maybe but i feel like most of the people that walk in there are like okay i know this is pub yeah and i know i'm here for pub 100 so, percent. um another i'll bring this up especially an on pint nights another avid pub uh will shout out a pub uh community member is cope cope has uh made oh, yeah. a few shout out, uh, shout out cope we shout out cope a couple of times on this podcast he's <laughs> another uh pub regular um and a pcp I, listener yeah i totally forgot what i asked you we we're talking about uh the community uh, so talk about the experience of like, uh, filming there with that community when it was really popping, um, on the weekend. Oh, it's been great. I mean, the support of everybody, I, I think everybody who knows, you know, kind of that sentimental, kind of that feeling of what made me want to do this. I think a lot of them have that and they can see why, you know, they love the idea because they know that, you know, this is something that they're going to be able to air there. They're yeah. always going to have it. You know, there's going to be mm -hmm. a little piece of, you know, a 20 minute you know, little piece of work that, you know, that's always going to represent their time, what it was like right, right now. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That, oh yeah, dude, that's awesome. Like in the future, in like 60 years, they can play that again and people will be looking back and seeing this community right. and, and hopefully pub is still open and thriving yeah. and still has that community going. Um, I think that's awesome. Um, are you going to be giving a copy to the owners or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the least I can do. Yeah, they, seriously. They've been, they've been so helpful. I mean, like I said before, filming in somebody else's business. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to be able to do that. McDonald's no, no, corporate, no, you know, deal with yeah, them, the absolutely. Amount, you know, emailing all these people waiting for their response. I just called up Bobby. I have his phone number and I was like, mm -hmm. you know, can I, do I need to put up signs? You know, do should I have people sign waivers before they come in to agree to be? And he's like, no, you know what? This is, you know, this is what this place is about. It's a really comfortable, casual mm -hmm. environment. And he said he's helped people out with projects in the past. Uh, he didn't say film. This is the first time they've ever done something like right. this. But you know, he he said he's always there for the students because I mean that's that's the kind of relationship he wants to have. Yeah, you know, definitely with the TCU community, dude. That's awesome. We talked a lot about the doc, um, kind of the the community that's in behind it, um, your struggles of of having to set all this up and how it's been in such a tight time schedule. Uh, can we hear like a little clip uh, that you brought with us? Uh, and what is this clip? Okay, so this clip is just, it's a tiny little clip. I, I'm trying not to reveal a whole lot. I kind of want right. the premiere to be yeah, yeah, absolutely. pretty revealing. So, you know, I got a couple jokes I'm going to save for, yeah. <laughs> for premiere night and all that. But um, this clip right here is uh, the the guy who used to own it for 17 years, uh, Dave Mitchell. He sold it to uh, his son-in-law and his daughter. Uh, this is him talking about, uh, the, you mentioned this before, Ricky. It's called Pint Night on yeah. every Wednesday night. Uh pay five dollars and you get to keep the glass yeah and try the beer that's yep. you know yeah i've been DFW. a pint night pint night's good and this basically this clip is just him kind of explaining what that all that's about awesome little little sneak peek it's a pint night isn't necessarily special 
I mean, people have that all over the place, but it's still, it works out very well here, though, because, again, the friendliness, the atmosphere in here, the, hey, come on in, we're not a, we're not, we're not a uh, institutional restaurant or bar or anything where our, we, again, we have feelings for these kids that come in here. We want to make sure they have fun and then get home safely. That's the getting home safely part is very important. The grammar page. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, I, I I love that. That's his mindset. Yeah, it, it's it's like just like just cares about like the people getting home safe. Is just like that's well, and that's that's a, that's who you want yeah. owning a bar is the person who actually cares about their customers right. and like you said is building relationships with all of them, creating mm-hmm. this community. Um, I think that's that's probably one of the reasons why like it's going to continue to be extremely successful. Right. So, uh, what would you say is one mistake? that most filmmakers are going to make regardless of experience from the people just starting out till Quentin Tarantino's. Oh, they don't plan enough. Really? Uh, the, if you're, if you think you're well planned out and you have everything all set to go, you're not done yet. You know, you, you have to plan so much ahead in advance for these kinds of things. So, or, and is it an ongoing process oh, yeah. as well of constantly changing? Yeah. I yeah. mean, the th- it's, there's one thing I'll say uh, that, that's been a little difficult about making this is that it's really hard to turn off, you know, you know, my pub documentary mode. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm always kind of like, it's always kind of in the back of my mind because it's like, what can I do to, if you're not always thinking, if it doesn't have that kind of lingering effect. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're going to forget something and forgetting something can kind of make or break a project a lot of the times. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like you're, you're in other classes and you're thinking, you have an idea of like, oh, this, this would be a great shot for the talk and then write that down really quick. It's so stupid, but charging the batteries of your camera, making sure you have a charged battery for your monitor above (laughs) the camera, making sure that your lights have batteries, batteries, batteries. Like was that, did that happen to you? I mean, yeah, we had to improvise a little bit. There was a point where uh, one of our interviews, the very last one that we did, uh, we ran out of batteries on one of the light kits that we had. Yeah. And uh, we had to kind of adjust the lighting accordingly. It got a little bit dimmer. And mm-hmm. I'm going to you know, try to go back in there in post and uh, post-production and right. kind of clean it up a little bit. But I mean, really just you know, having that extension cord in the back of my car yeah, you know, kind of saved me that day. That little thing like that, you know, I can plug it in instead of having to be double A battery powered. <laughs> yeah. As some, yeah. When, and when I do podcasts, I can totally back that for people out there that do this kind of stuff, always just have extra batteries in your backpack or something like that. Just do it. Cause something like that is a hundred percent going to happen. So in addition to that, you said when you're in pub documentary mode, like you're you're like producing all this content and everything you're putting the pieces together and all that stuff how do you know for like for yourself how do you know when like a project is like finished like when you have everything together and you think that it's perfect like how do you know when like when you've got you like you have more ideas that you want to add but how do you know when it's like too much yeah to like keep adding to it or like when you think it's like the perfect that's like, a great product. question i know that a project is done when i feel like the story is complete when it's told in a way that gives somebody the best impression of you know you know a story that like the way that it's told can sometimes completely change how yeah. you react to it and it's all about pacing it's all about making sure that you feel like you can you know i have this this mood, this kind of feeling, this vibe, I guess, of what I, what I feel, you know, I want to get out of this basically. Right. And I want the audience to, to see that and kind of feel the same things I feel when I, you know, when I walk in the doors of the pub. 
it's little things like that. It's making sure that, you know, somebody who views that can kind of understand, you know, how I see it. Because really the, the whole point of this documentary is to me to tell a story. Right. So tell the story of pub through your eyes and through your vision. And I, it's up to me to decide what the best way to tell it is. Right. Yeah, that's super dope. That's awesome. So like what is the <laughs> the like official like staple like title of like the, the whole thing? Is it just the pub or it's, is it just? It's like this is colon the university pub. Okay. It's kind of a working title. I, I, I may change it. I may not. Um, I think I'll kind of know where I want to go with that once, right. once I have everything complete and it's, it's a quick, easy change just right. like that. Right. True. Um, so when you think of like a larger production film, think like a, like a major, major, uh, production film, you've got the director up top and then the hard end editing and stuff like that, making sure that the audio is all tweaked, make sure it's all lined up. That's a lot of extra work that you have to do that, that, you know, box office films the director doesn't really have to think about that how um, much time did you kind of have to dedicate to you know creating the vision and putting it together versus actually physically hard end editing everything you know so being actually out there planning out which shots i need to get you know the the interviews planning that was a whole nother process i think i think it's about 50 50 50 50 you know, in the lab uh, structuring the story, figuring out, you know, what, what line goes after what line. Cause something that people don't know about documentaries is that when you interview somebody, you have to go through that interview with time keys about every minute and you have to s type out verbatim what they said. And that is just the most tedious thing ever. <laughs> I get, dude, I can't even imagine. It's like, you're just a scribe. I imagine like. <laughs> Like taking this podcast and just you have to type out everything. I mean, yeah. there's so I Dude. didn't realize how many words were said per second. No, it's <laughs> unreal. I do I do show notes for a couple of the other shows I produce, and it's like even just writing out the interview questions that they say that takes so much extra time. I can't even imagine because every yeah. word verbatim. Because but then that makes the editing process that much easier. Right. I can know that hey, he said this here. It falls right after what she said here. Time key is right here. Go to that. You know find the right trimming of the clip yeah, right throw it on the time extremely useful in the editing process yeah and so the first day that i i got in there and, and threw all the clips basically in the order that they were i mean that took me forever yeah. but, oh i'm sure yeah but, you know now that that's done it probably lot, cut so much yeah. time on now 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 it's i'm kind of making a lot more creative decisions i'm kind of doing more of the things that i want to i'm still kind of incorporating music i don't have mm -hmm. transitions done yet right but, you know um it's getting there it's good it's pretty close interesting yeah i like how you kind of like split it up. You do all kind of the, the nitty gritty bullshit in the beginning. And then that allows you so much extra time for creative, you know, expansion at yeah. the end. Cause now you have everything in place. Now it's all kind of in front of your eyes and now you can yeah. tell the story. And having experience in kind of all three phases, you know, pre production, pre production, <clears throat> production and post production, having that mm -hmm. background has really helped me a lot with right. kind of managing how I need to, to think in my mindset for each each of those phases right what would you of those three just i'll just jump right quick off this of those three kind of different uh arenas that you've like had experience in each of them which one was the hardest now that you're taking over all three uh 100 i think or which has been the most difficult the most difficult would probably be post-production just because it can be kind of tedious and you know working with editing software you're gonna have some technical malfunctions you know I, i've had my my premiere uh, <clears throat> file crash on me 
Oh and my that, god, that that was really that was, slowed me down the oh first man. day. But your heart just drops when you just see it's just oh fuck. But like, I'll tell you what, production. When you go out into the field, I mean, I've had experiences where I'm working on a project and somebody forgets to click record, and then you do an entire interview. Oh my god! And then um, you know there there goes the entire mood, or maybe maybe you forgot to click record on the other camera that was capturing just the audio portion of it. You know it's oh my god it just drives you crazy you got to be thinking about every little thing because if you forget something i mean there goes your project uh, yeah that day's in the shitter that sucks okay so really excited to see that film that you're working on uh the uh, documentary that you're working on and uh i think a lot of people are excited you've you've been working on it for a long time too 11 weeks right yeah and uh when it comes out, I will definitely be watching it. Yeah, we will be there. And awesome. every everyone that listens to it, listens to this podcast needs to uh, keep their uh, their uh, eyes peeled for keep it. Keep May second wide open. There's wide May seconds at the University Pub at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Oh, there you go. You're be not there. doing anything at 10 p.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> it's during dead days, by the way. So oh, oh so y'all don't God. have an excuse. Yeah, there's. Oh, I have to study for my camp. Unless, unless get your ass to the pub. <laughs> unless you're a listener that has a job and isn't a student right now. It's like 20 minutes <laughs> long. It's, it's, it's that's enough time to catch a beer between your yeah. your studying or <laughs> yeah absolutely your TXR on a Thursday night or whatever oh, yeah. you're doing oh 100%. yeah people are, people are gonna be out anyways it's Thursday people go out on Thursday 100 percent 100 percent so now that we've covered some bases on the on your new documentary we're gonna get into some personal questions deeply personal deeply personal okay so this is this is a really important question because i'm super interested in your answers what are your top three favorite films this is a good one so number three would have to be it's a documentary called restrepo and okay. it's about uh these u.s soldiers going into the korangal valley um under you know whatever their mission was uh it's a really really interesting documentary that the camera is in in the battle pretty much the entire time. Wow. And wow. Uh, the movie actually ends up getting named Restrepo because they named the outpost after their uh, commander who his name was Restrepo. And, oh, okay. And he dies in it, not to spoil anything. It's it's kind of more based around how they rallied around losing, you know, they lost like four or five guys in the experience. And it gets it gets really that's really, sick. Really emotional. I, I think it's it's one of the most like true to life kind of. It's just very real and raw. Is that on Netflix? That was, that's on Netflix. So they took it down for a while, but I'm pretty sure it's back on. Okay, okay. so Restrepo is number three. Restrepo. Uh, number two is I Am Legend. Oh, oh dude, dude. I love nice. I Am Legend. That's nice. great. Will Maybe. Smith is that. I think that's his best film, hands down. I, I just I absolutely love the story. I love mm -hmm. the the premise of it. Big. I, I love apocalyptic films. Yeah, but I think yeah. the zombie genre is kind of yeah. It's it's just very. It was a creative shit. take on like an apo apocalypse. Yeah, world. yeah. Have, and have you seen Black Summer yet? No, but Dude, I saw that on. Netflix. I watched the first three episodes. Eh. I'm curious. It's very different. It like pushes the bounds direction wise. And I'd love to hear your take on it. So you should. You definitely gotta watch that. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm Legend is dope as hell though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just love. The, you know the story has some lighthearted moments. It's got some really not. Right, hard yeah, right. Dude, it's, it's, sad it's, some it's point. 
it's just an emotional roller coaster, and I think it it's so well paced. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not twenty four seven action, which I love. Right. The amount of tension, the amount of build up to a lot of the it's a pretty scary movie. I yeah. Mean, it's well, I think just, what makes it like terrifying is that the reason that all those people turned out that way is because they found the quote unquote cure for cancer. Yeah. I and just it's like, it's, so it's just so scary that it's like, yeah. When you really think about it, it like, like, like if you try and put yourself in that situation, it's terrifying. Well, well also the fact it's like, damn, all these people had cancer and now they're just mutants. Well, like, no, they, they gave it to everybody. <laughs> oh, that's true. They gave it to everybody to like try and prevent it. But well, the people that did have cancer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, just, um, <laughs> that's a, that's a rough life. Uh, <laughs> They also do uh, what's dope about that movie is they do a good job of like really focusing on the fact that Will Smith is so isolated, mm-hmm. like the fact that he's alone. And then after spoiler, obviously, if you haven't seen I Am Legend. Yeah, it's been out. It's been out for a long time know, like, when he loses his dog. Like yeah. then it just. Yeah. Like you said, total emotional. Yeah, that's where he snaps because he, he snaps because he like literally lost the only person that well other than the the child and the, the yeah. mother but even when he first like <laughs> interacts with them it was like the first real person he's seen forever yeah he just doesn't know how to react yeah i agree so i'm legend two it's a great movie number one overall favorite film uh the cohen brothers it's the big lebowski oh, the jeff, oh lebowski. Dude, jeff yes. bridges john goodman steve buscemi I just think that movie is such a cult classic. Everyone talks about Pulp Fiction being this ultimate like mind fuck, mind trip, like being just the weirdest movie and having this crazy editing and all this. I think just the risks that the Coen brothers took in in The Big Lebowski, it is just so just cult classic. You just watch it, you're just like, wow, this is timeless. Like some of the some of the scenes of of the dude running through the bowling alley like you know he's like tiny and then like he's running through like the legs of like these yeah. giant yeah people and like just you know when, every time he gets like knocked out or whatever I, and the story the best part about the story is it's about fucking nothing it's just bowling <laughs> i mean it's just like you bowl you bowl your first shot of the game you go 10 frames and then it's over that's basically what yeah the entire movie is about i i feel bad i've never seen, i've never ends. seen it it's a great movie i gotta watch it it's then. an all-timer and i believe it's on netflix oh i'm sure i've seen it on netflix all the time i just have never gotten around to watching it but i see yeah it, um I'll have to. I'll write. I got it written down, so I'll definitely have to check that one out. Special shout out to Brad Pitt's Fury as well. It's like, oh, oh, dude, it's like low key where my haircut came I, from. I, <laughs> that and done, dude. Honestly, yeah. though, it is. Honestly, dude. I saw that movie and I was like, oh my, like, no, like, because it honestly does. It looks like so it. tight. I just had to. I, do it. I saw that movie and I saw Dunkirk and IMAX and yeah. those oh, movies. Dude. Just they, they may not have been as good if you watch them just like on a TV mm-hmm. set. But yeah. Seeing those movies in theaters, like the audio, hearing was just the insane. bombs, it was so scary. Like exp- yeah, it's insane. I, I, I thought Fury was amazing. I'm a huge like war movie guy. Yeah. John Bernthal's um, in that too. Have Punisher, you ever, dude. Have you ever seen Hacksaw Ridge? Yeah. I have. Yeah, I Hacksaw, Hacksaw Ridge recently. Hacksaw Ridge is insane. Yeah, Hacksaw Ridge. Is it was. It's honestly one of the goriest movies I've seen too. Dude, unsung hero of that movie is Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn is so yeah. funny in that unsung, movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got top three favorite films. Um, that's a good list, by the way. Thank you. This kind of, I guess maybe it's Coen brothers, but who is your favorite director? And did you draw any inspiration from certain directors in making the doc? You know, there wasn't like one specific director kind of comes, comes to mind specifically with a favorite. Yeah. The Coen brothers. I mean, they've got some just 
absolutely outstanding movies. Yeah, uh, I'm taking a class right now on a guy named Steven Soderbergh, and he's got some really cool movies with George Clooney, Jennifer Lopez, um, some really cool stuff out of him. But I don't, I don't think I draw specific inspiration from them. Mm-hmm. I think I'm trying to kind of establish what makes you know the things that I direct you know unique to me, and yeah. I think. I think I can obviously, you know, you know, take some kind of uh, inspiration, not necessarily through the techniques or what they're using, but more so how they're just unequivocally like every movie they make is like they put their stamp on it. And I think that's what I'm trying to do with this movie. Right. Right. Like when when you want someone like when someone sees something you made, like not knowing it was by you, you want them to put that stamp, be like, that's definitely... Yeah, I mean, like like you just mentioned Tarantino, he's got that very structured story style where it cuts to black and it tells you this is the next part of the movie. And where the movies are like five hours long. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) they're so good. Um, They are so good. Uh, um, Are there any films coming out in the next year or so that you are excited about? I hate to say this as a film major, but not not really. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I mean, honestly though, I don't blame you. Like, what what's popular? Like, what original films are coming out now that aren't like Marvel movies? I mean, like, yeah, like everyone's getting excited about Endgame, and yeah, maybe it'll be good. But I mean, or what was it? Infinity War. That was last year. Yeah. And this next one's apparently like three hours long yeah. or something. Three it's hours in like two s- minutes or something. Still seeing it. It's yeah. gonna be so dope. Well, well you, you know gotta. I mean, that's just like huge, just like entertainment. Like it. I don't. I. I think you're right. I think from like a filmmaker like standpoint, it's like a lot of the movie. Those movies are like really cheesy. It's not movie, original like, per se, but I am actually pretty excited for Toy Story Four. I think that's gonna be. Oh, dope. Toy Story Four. Toy Story looks 4. Sick. Yeah. Isn't that where like Woody like goes off to that carnival or whatever? Yeah, and know, the, the daughter the makes it. For, uh, yeah, 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 super good. I was trying, to, I was trying to track back. Sporky. On. I, I read this this article about what they're doing with the CGI animation. You, did you see the moment where they see the cat? Like, I don't remember. So, I watched so it like six weeks in, ago. In the trailer, you'll you'll see uh, all the toys are like freaking out. They're like hiding like underneath like shelves and stuff. They're mm-hmm. like, what is this creature? Yeah, and it's like a normal house cat. And I swear to God, it it looks like a real cat. Damn. And so. It it puts the uh, the real life dog from Toy Story one like the one that's supposed to be an actual yeah. dog to shame. I mean, the the people and the actual living world outside of the toys in this movie are gonna be just it's gonna be a spectacle to see. Just really, visually, it's gonna be so impressive. That looks that's crazy. Dude. I would that absolutely so take a look at the trailer if you haven't already. It's a small little clip, but that so Disney discovered this new like little way they do CGI, and I don't know exactly how it works, but. I mean, it just magic, dude. It looks incredible. It's, yeah, it's Disney magic. <laughs> I, I I would agree with Ricky as well, saying like, yeah, you're right. Like originally, original content wise, yeah, it's kind of the same old thing played out. What like if you can think just off the top, what was the last film that you that kid that you saw that has come out like recently? I guess that you think was kind of up to the caliber of like, okay, this is a great film. You know what? Uh, bad to- bad times at the El Royale uh, came out pretty recently. Uh, I didn't some- see that one. It was sometime last fall in 2018, and it was it was just like about like this um, hotel motel or whatever on like a, a state line of uh, California and Las right. Vegas, and it's kind of right or er- uh, Nevada, and it's like right around the uh, kind of there's some weird like murders going around in the area, and it's just like got a really interesting story. I think it was very. Um, 
very 90s. It felt like the way it was told, it was not very straightforward in its storytelling, and I really liked it. But I wouldn't say it's all that great of a film. I just think it tried new things. I think Dunkirk really... Dunkirk. When I saw that yeah. in IMAX, I mean, the like the sound systems they have, my, mm-hmm. the sheets, the sheet, <laughs> the seat shakes every yeah. 10 seconds yeah. because of the sound, not only the soundtrack, mm-hmm. the song they picked, it has like this crazy vibration every mm-hmm. 10 seconds. And it just builds the whole film. Yeah, the, like during the and suspense, it it's like, every 10 seconds, your seat just yeah. shakes. And it even, it could even be like a quiet scene. And you're yeah. just like, I mean, like, wow, like what's going to happen next? And I love yeah. how they told it from three different perspectives mm-hmm. that all converge. Yeah. Yeah. I I, dude, cool. IMAX, like going and seeing a movie in IMAX, especially a movie it's like worth that, the is like, is so awesome. I agree. It's totally worth the money. It's just like, it's, it's sort it's I, it's not completely immersive because obviously you're not getting shot at, but like the sounds and everything and like, it's perfect. Yeah. It's like the next level. Yeah. Kind of notch above movie experience. Yeah. Um, you know what they need to start doing? What? <laughs> It'd probably be expensive. Have you ever done like one of those like 4D things? Like where like no. there's like a movie and like you're like sitting like in a they chair. They spray like smells Yeah, and like stuff. spray smells. Oh, like little what? things out of like the, like, the bottom. And like, like, the, like the seat like moves and shit. Oh, I would never do that. That sounds so <laughs> dumb. I think I did one of those at like a Six Flags one time. Oh, oh, it I did like, like the Star Wars one at Disneyland. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Uh, I waited it's 40 sort of minutes weird. in line for this. <laughs> it's sort of weird, but just just a thought. Another business idea. So Yeah, another business just idea. Just AMC or Cinemark or whoever owns those, just get on it. Um, <laughs> that kind of, that that makes me think of a pretty good question. Chez, I mean, so my kind of world is podcasting. Yours is more film, obviously. Like, uh, where do you kind of see with the closure of movie theaters and the increase of high-end kind of, experience theaters versus netflix where do you kind of see that going what or what what do you see that leading to i guess the theater is is dying it's it's pretty easy to just to say that that's something that's happening i mean like people just don't go to the movie theaters anymore tickets aren't as cheap as they used to be um you know pirating is a a real thing i mean people are losing a lot of money on Mm -hmm. that uh the thing i i see i see it this way this is just a random guess I don't think the ideal theater experience outside of maybe drive-ins, which I think could survive just because they're very niche. I don't think theaters are going to be around anymore. But when a new movie comes out, I think what it's going to be is, is you're going to pay, you're probably going to pay like 20 bucks, yeah. probably like $22 or something like that. And you get to watch it one time. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to kind of try to make this like home theater. Dude, that's genius. So you just, you bring over as many people that you can that want to see it. And like you can mm-hmm. comfortably watch the movie. Yeah. And you pay $22 instead of having everybody go for $11. Because I think you'd have more people willing to, hey, everybody Venmo me like 2 or $3. And, and come can, come watch come Endgame watch in my movie. house. I think, yeah. I think you'd have less people waiting till it goes on streaming services. You'd have more people just like, you want eyes on your film. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the theater's the the best way to do that yeah i i agree dude that like that is such a dope idea like wouldn't you rather ricky wouldn't you rather just like pay 20 bucks so we could just watch endgame here dude i'm i'm like a real like big movie theater guy oh your experience guy yeah. D- see so there's there's the, also that aspect I, too. i, I, will I miss love the experience. i love going to the movie theater having some popcorn and like sitting there and just like seeing it on a just a massive screen like sure yeah. sure i could like 
pull out my VR headset and watch a movie on that and put on some nice headphones and like yeah. feel like I'm like there. Yeah, that's true. Which we could also do VR. Cool. VR is a way to go. Yeah, I don't v- want to see it happen, but I, I, I that's kind of how I, I view oh, okay. what's, yeah. what's going to happen. Because don't get I'm a, I'm a purist as well. I, yeah. I have love the theater experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really fun. Yeah. I agree, yeah. Um, it's but a timeless that, thing to do. I, I think I would like to do it here more. Literally, me and Lauren went to go see Shazam uh, like two weeks ago. I actually had to get up and tell these two guys to shut up. What what theater they, did you go to? We went to Ridgemar. Oh yeah, that happens at yeah. They're just that like these, these they have the best seats. Douchebags, just like <laughs> it's so funny. You know, look at Shazam. <laughs> shut up. There's 50 other people here. How was Shazam, by the way? No, oh, it's no so spoilers. Good. Just oh, so good. Really? Yeah. A DC. If DC continues to make movies like that, they're going to be very all successful. All right. All right. I'll highly recommend. Have you seen Shazam? I have not. I totally recommend it. You know what I saw uh, uh, this weekend? I saw Pet Cemetery. Oh, oh was that scary? It, I've seen so many YouTube commercials for that. It 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 is just bizarre. It's no. I mean, like, was it scarier than Hereditary? I'm not trying to sound hard, but like, I I don't get scared from scary movies um <laughs> badass hereditary did put some chills down my spine that movie is crazy good I the, that is now. the number one horror movie uh, like i've seen like in my opinion um but no pet cemetery when you were talking about that cat like cat the cat in toy story i immediately just thought of uh this cat that's in the movie and it just like freaks me the fuck out about cats <laughs> it's just like i don't even want to think about it not a big cat guy anymore i'm not gonna give anything away it was just like it's just so freaking weird that's funny uh, but um, yeah we'll, movie theater big big movie theater guy we'll wrap it up Chez, can you plug everything one more time so everyone knows where to go when it's airing thursday may 2nd 10 p.m at the university pub which is just right off campus on university drive sandwiched between jimmy john's and buffalo brothers um yeah, also come to Pint Night the night before on Wednesday night. Hell yeah. Help out local business. There you go. Help it out. Yeah, Ricky and I will be there as well. We're really excited to see the film, Chess. Thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, brother. Guys, subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your mother, brother, sister, friend, your dog, your squirrel that lives in the tree next your door. Your brother from another mother. Yeah, everybody. Subscribe. Leave us a review. Uh, you can check out uh, the PCP Podcast. Twitter handle is in the description, at Podcast one and our social medias will be in there as well. All right, later.